It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Monday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope your day and your week are starting off right. And we have a lot to discuss today. And, of course, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Jack Spillane as we'll be turning on the light. We'll talk about a number of issues that have been going on in and around the city, including his column uh, that ran last week about the way that Sheriff Paul Haro handled the the inmate uprising that Sheriff Haro would like us to probably refer to it as, but the riot, as uh, we will colloquially refer to it as, because it fits the definition. Now, granted, there wasn't any violence against a person, but there was violence against property and destruction of property so it's a riot but we'll talk about that with jack uh coming up a little bit later on and again there's a lot for us to discuss between now and then with you at 508-996-0500 also uh you can send us app chat messages on the wbsm app you can also send us open line voicemail messages on the wbsm app so if you want to record something and send it over to us for us to play on the air we can do that just make sure you keep it clean and ready for air i still have to screen it before i put it over over the airwaves but you can help me out by making it so i don't have to bleep it if i have to bleep it i don't have time so i won't be able to play it so uh, and again same thing with the app chat messages don't be like some of these app chatters and go off on profane rants because i want to be able to just read read them in your own words so i hope that you had a good weekend i had a busy weekend there were a couple of stories that I covered that I, I want to discuss this morning. First of all, I mean, the the, the first story that I covered on uh, over the weekend was unfortunately that story that broke Friday night. I posted the story up about the uh, infant girl that was found in Rochester at, at a recycling facility that had apparently had come with refuse from the Cape. And... The details are up at, you know, the limited details that we have are up at WBSM.com and on the app. But if anybody knows anything about that, please contact uh, the Mass State Police. The trooper's number is, is in the story. But that was just a horrendous way to try to go to bed Friday night thinking about that story. And then Saturday morning I woke up and I got to cover something a little bit more positive. And I say positive, P-A-W-S, because why not do radio puns? But, uh, yeah, positive, because uh, I went and covered the grand opening of the Wareham Dog Park, which is finally open after nine years of hard work on the part of DPAW, the Dog Park Affiliation of Wareham, I think it stands for. And they spent a lot of time fundraising and organizing and permitting, and then they got the Stanton Grant uh, last year that allowed for them to get at least phase one completed and get it open for the public. It's not, and if you go to WBSM.com and on the app, you can see a gallery of photos of the dog park and the um, the event itself and the park itself and see 
some of the amenities that are in there. It is by no means complete. They plan to keep adding to it as fundraising continues. Right now, they don't have any shaded areas, but that's something that they're working on. They're also working on putting in some play structures for the dogs to run on and climb on and, you know, have some some ramps and teeter-totters and things like that. So right now, it's just uh, a lot of open space for them to run around off-leash. And for people, there were people who were questioning in some of the Facebook comments, you know, why isn't a dog park grass? Well, I think if you have a dog, you know why. That grass would be dead (laughs) within the first couple of weeks of people utilizing it. But the crushed gravel, the, the crushed stone that they use for it is not nearly as bad as you would think that it would be. Because the, the, the uh, Derek Sullivan, the town uh, administrator for the town of Wareham, was going over with me exactly what it is that they had to purchase for running this park. And the stone that they had to purchase is intentionally smoothed out so that it can be used for things like dog parks. So there are no jagged edges for a couple of reasons. One, so that the dogs aren't stepping on jagged edges with with their paws, with the pads of their paws. So that's helpful that they're only stepping on crushed stone, which doesn't doesn't really hurt them from what he was saying. And two, in case they swallow some of it. It doesn't have any sharp edges. If you get what I'm saying? Like when it goes down the down the down the patch and out the out the back door. <laughs> so I think that that's beneficial. And um also the downside of that is think about how much rock is going to be lost every time they have to scoop. You know, if if uh, if people aren't careful when they scoop or when they pick up, you know, you're going to lose some some stone every time, but that's why it's stone instead of grass. But I thought it was a wonderful day. It was great seeing all the dogs out there running around. No real issues. A few dogs that kind of had to get uh had to get used to it. You know, used to being around other dogs without a leash on. I'm sure that that was a new feeling for a lot of them. But then we got the comments coming in. And for the most part, the comments were overwhelmingly positive. But I got a comment in one of the Wareham Facebook groups that I want to share with you. Because, you know, when when people use that, that cliche, this is why we can't have nice things. This is what I thought of. And this this message came last night at like 11 p.m. Congratulations to all. That being said, I will never use it as a dog park that's located in a town where so many people rely on town, state, and federal support to raise their children and fall short. I won't, can't bring my dog there, and I feel, and feel safe that my peers have the same knowledge and experience to train their dogs as solid citizens. Many will benefit, but I'm sitting back and waiting for the post when it goes awry. Litigation over vet bills will ensue. Just wait for it. I mean, could you be any more of a, what's the term, the Debbie Downer? Could you be any more of that? To look at something like this, a a great thing that was nine years in the making, that brought a town together, that had people able to to, uh, bring their dogs out and maybe for the first time have them have an off-leash experience running around. And this is is the way that you choose to, to... to celebrate that. 
by taking a shot at the people of the town and saying that you you can't bring your dog there because the people rely on state and town and federal money to to live their lives and raise their children. What an elitist attitude. You know what? Don't come to the dog park. What's her name? Lean. Don't come to the dog park, Lean. You're not wanted there. You're not wanted there with that attitude. It's funny because her profile picture is her sitting on a horse, and I I commented. I was like, you are literally sitting on a high horse right now. But anyway, that was kind of one side of a neighborhood reaction to to a uh, to a fun event. So I worked on another story. I went out Saturday after I finished covering the dog park opening because this had this had come to my attention. A couple of people had messaged me about this Saturday morning uh, as I was getting ready to to head out to cover the dog park opening. People were reaching out to me and saying there's there's a dust up going on in one of the Dartmouth Town Facebook groups. Now, I'm not part of the group because I was and I was kicked out and then I was back in and then I was kicked out. And it it happened so much that I just I don't care to rejoin. The way that they want to run it is up to them. It's their group. They can do what they want. But they don't like the fact that we get ideas for stories from the group. Like, I'm sorry that people talk about your town in the Facebook group and we want to write stories where people are talking about your town. But whatever. It's petty. It's childish. It's it's annoying, but whatever. I don't care. But this came from people who were concerned and said, hey, you should contact the local media. So people were contacting the local media about this situation. So the Dartmouth Carnival opened last week at the Dartmouth Mall, and it's in a new location than it's been in before. In the past, they've had it in the front of the mall, kind of... You know, at the corner of Fonz Corner Road and, and State Road, like on that side in front of where Aldi is now, that's where the carnival has traditionally been, is in that area. And this year, it was moved to the back northwest corner, I believe, if I have my directions right, the back northwest corner of the mall property behind Macy's. So as you know, Macy's has a very large parking lot behind it, and then behind that is an even bigger parking lot. That huge lot that um, that goes along the, the the northern side of the mall and goes you know past the theater goes all the way down to where Pier One Imports used to be. Uh, I guess what's that's a Skechers store now. So that whole big area there is well not the whole big area but pretty much from the from the theater up is for carnival parking and then the carnival itself. And by putting the carnival in that spot, it now directly abuts a neighborhood. And so I was hearing complaints from the neighbors and I spoke to one of the neighbors and she said, where the noise is too much, the lights are too much, the vibrations from the machines and from the, from the rides is too much. And the fumes from the generators that are running the machines are too much. And that, you know, they weren't given any notice that this was going to be happening in their neighborhood. And so I said, well, I've got to go down there and check it out. So I went down to the carnival Saturday evening. I spent the two bucks that they charge you at the gate. I know, from my understanding, they've never charged a gate fee. Now they're charging a gate fee this year. And from my understanding, too, in the past, they've had food. 
I've never gone to the carnival before, the Dartmouth Carnival. But they've had food, and this year they don't. And uh, and I'll get into that in a moment. But the the I walked around the carnival and tried to see from the inside how close it was to some of the, the homes. And you couldn't really get a sense of that from, from inside. Uh, I did take a lot of photos of the carnival, so you can see in the story at WBSM.com and on the app, you can see the photo gallery of, of just what's at the carnival, so you can see for yourself. And then I went to the neighborhood itself, and I went particularly particularly to Norman Street because I was told a number of the neighbors there were having major issues. And so I went to Norman Street, and I happened to catch some folks as they were pulling out of their driveway. They said, you know, you can go talk to my mom. She's at the door. Uh, so I went and I spoke to her and a couple of other neighbors, some on the record, some off the record. Some weren't comfortable, uh, you know, saying anything for the story. But a couple were. And, of course, I'm inviting any of them to call in at 508-996-0500 as we discussed this this morning. But I went to the neighborhood, and as I'm standing there interviewing these people on their doorsteps, I can hear the rides. Now, this is like 6.37 o'clock on on Saturday evening when it was there was a light rain falling, so it was not busy over at the carnival. And as the neighbors were saying, you know, this was nothing compared to last night. Friday night was much better, and they had a huge crowd, and it was, you know, until 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, they were hearing noise. Uh, they were hearing screams from people on the rides, and the lights, of course, were on and flashing and uh, the one woman that I spoke to said I was inside trying to watch TV and I could, couldn't hear the TV because the screams were coming through my home. Uh, so, you know, they're describing how this is affecting their quality of life. And I stayed out there and I took some photos and I experienced it for myself and I said, yeah, I can see how this would be, this would be annoying. Now, the way the wind was blowing, I didn't get any of the fumes blowing back at me. But I also want to point out that the rides that were directly along that northern wall that would be you know what what's facing this neighborhood those weren't running when i went through the carnival so the thunderbolt the zipper i may not be using the terms that those rides particularly use but um you know the thunderbolt is like the himalaya ride where the the, the little carts hang down from the arm and then it spins around and plays music and they swing out so that wasn't on so you don't have the loud music associated with that the rumble that's associated with that and of course the the generator that runs that wasn't running. Also, uh, the zipper, that wasn't, nobody was riding that that I saw. And then there was another ride that I can't remember the name of it, but that was along that northern wall too. And that, nobody was riding that the, you know, half an hour or so I spent walking around the, the carnival. Because I did a couple of laps through just to make sure I caught photos of everything to share with you in that gallery. And so, um, the, the rides that would have immediately impacted that, that neighborhood weren't on and running. I'm guessing those might have been rides that couldn't run in the rain or something like that. I, I Or maybe there just wasn't enough operators to operate those. I don't know. So I spoke to the neighbors. I got their take on it. I have reached out to the mall and Fiesta shows who put on the carnival, and I haven't received a response from either of them yet. If we do, we will update the story. And then I reached out to some of the neighbors and said, you know, keep me up to date about anything that you hear. And so they sent me some responses that were posted in that Facebook group by one of the town selectmen. So I put that information in there, too, um, because I felt that that was, you know, a direct response to 
what the residents' complaints were as opposed to being, you know, the standard press release, you know, statement to the media type situation. And you can read all about it at WBSM.com and on the app. But I put the story up yesterday and the comments have been overwhelmingly negative toward the neighbors have been overwhelmingly negative toward these folks who are saying, hey, we didn't get a chance to know that this was coming. If if it if we did know, we would have been able to go down and voice our concerns. And maybe they would have been able to do something about that. Maybe they could have moved it a little bit further down, away from the homes. Maybe they could have put it directly behind Macy's and given at least a little couple hundred more yards of space so that exhaust fumes wouldn't blow back into them into their neighborhood or into their homes. Well, maybe they could have gone before the town select board and said, we don't want this to be abutting our neighborhood. Tell them they have to put it on the front part of the mall. Now, the the select board's position, according to Sean McDonald, the the selectman, select board member that was quoted in the story, it's between the, the mall and the carnival that the town just gives them the permit to hold the carnival and and where it's held on the mall property is between the mall and the carnival. But still, I think if they had an opportunity to go and speak, they would have, you know, the mall would have known about their concerns. Now, part of the problem is, from what Sean McDonald told the group, they didn't get the permits to operate the carnival until Thursday, the day that it opened. Because the person who runs the carnival was, as he put it, lazy in filing for the permits. So they'd already been advertising this. We already had a story up at fun107.com and wbsm.com promoting that the carnival was coming. and uh, There'd already been signage and people knew it was happening. And they hadn't gotten the permits yet. So now it's I, I referred to it in a comment to somebody as a gun to the head moment where... What are you going to say? We have concerns. We're not going to approve the permit when people are already lining up to to, to go to the carnival. So you've got to push it through and just say, we'll address these issues next time. Now, the the select board did say that they, they had concerns about the food and permitting for that. So they did not give them a permit to serve food. And they did not give them a permit to, to have the people who work the carnival stay on the premises. You know, normally sometimes they'll have sleeping trailers and stuff and and they'll stay on the premises. They, they would not give them permitting for that either. So that's why there's no food. There's a conspiracy theory out there that the mall put it back there on purpose and told them they couldn't have food so that the carnival goers would have to go into the food court. Uh, that theory didn't make a lot of sense to me because if that was the case, people would just go somewhere else to eat. Well, you know they're not going to leave the carnival, go into the food court, and come back because they'd have to pay readmittance. They're just they're going to go somewhere else. You might get a little bit of business from it, but I don't think it would have been that much. So that didn't really hold water to me anyway. But that was one of the theories that was out there. Uh, and another theory is that the reason why it's been moved back there is because Aldi didn't want it near near their store. And I don't know about that either. But again, if we get any information from the mall, we'll let you know. But I thought it was interesting, kind of the dichotomy, first of all, of, you know, one event that is, well, you know what, actually both events are well received by the people. I mean, people will always complain about a carnival when they go to it that it's too expensive, there wasn't enough rides, the lines are too long, whatever it is. There's always going to be complaints about that. One of the big complaints that people have had is that they're charging 
$2 at the door for people just to get in. And then once you get in, it's not cheap to ride the rides. You you can get the wristbands and do those deals and all that kind of stuff. But if you're going on a ticket basis, it's going to cost you a lot. So what I would do is I would take a look at that story and you can see for yourself in the photo gallery, you know, what's in there and decide if, if you want to go. But again, two bucks to get in isn't a big deal if you're only bringing a few people. If you try to bring a group of 20 kids, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money. But um, there's a lot of folks in the comments who are ripping the people of the neighborhood for complaining about the carnival being right next to their house. And you can see in the photos, in the story, how close it is to their homes. But all the comments are, oh, God forbid people have a little bit of fun. Maybe you shouldn't have lived next to a mall. Well, I don't think that when they moved next to a mall, the first thought that they had in their head was there's going to be a carnival you know, 50 yards from my front door. There's going to be a carnival going on while elderly people are trying to sleep or people who have to get up in the morning are trying to sleep or little kids are trying to sleep. I don't think that they were planning on having screams and exhaust fumes happening right outside their door. And then some of the other comments were, oh oh my gosh, imagine if they actually lived next to the feast. Well, but they don't. See, they didn't buy a home next to the feast grounds. They bought a home next to the mall in a quiet neighborhood because that's what they thought they were buying a home for. So throwing it back in their face that it it, it could be worse is a stupid argument to make. Yeah, it it could also be worse if somebody decided to to build an, an airport next to their home too. But when they bought the home, there was not an expectation that they would build an airport. Nor was there an expectation that they would put a carnival 50 yards from their front door. Now, they, they, all the neighbors said to me the same thing. When it was on the other side of the mall, yeah, you'd hear it a little bit if you walked outside, but it wasn't a big deal. Certainly, we didn't get exhaust fumes blowing into our, into our homes. So it's not like they're against the carnival. In fact, one resident even made it a point to tell me you know this has nothing to do with the carnival we don't blame them for this it's just poor planning and also it's now set back from the road so you don't see it so unless you know that it's happening and you happen to catch the sign that they have out at the front it's not the same as having it right out there in front where people can see it but i don't get that argument you know, it, it it could be worse. It's just it's just eleven days. Just deal with it. So the point is here, the the neighbors who live in that neighborhood felt like they were intentionally not informed of this because it was known that they would probably have an issue with it. And when you have a gigantic mall parking lot, you have other spaces where you could hold this carnival. If you want to call in and chime in, call or hang on. I got to take a quick break. We'll do that. We'll be right back. Back in. We'll go right to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. What's up, Tim? How you doing? Good. Um, So I I just, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it, but I feel like it's just, you know, if the sun's not out, people are going to complain that the sun's not out. You know what I mean? And. I mean, I grew up, you know, in the early 90s, 
early 2000s. And I remember when the Buttonwood Park Fair, the festival, mm-hmm. you know, I, I used to hang around with this kid who lived literally right across the street from the festival. And you never heard any of the neighbors complaining. It was all, you know, have fun, you know, the kids hanging out, you know, with we're going back to his house every other hour, checking in. We're going back, running back and forth between the, you know, the festival and his house and this and that. It's like, you know, I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, that festival used to be on the Route 6 side of it, right? Yeah, it was more toward the front. So I uh, from, right. I guess they've kind of moved it a couple times, but it was always kind of in that, that I guess it would be the southeast corner. Yeah, so facing Route 6. Yeah, so now they moved it. Now, now they moved it. What towards like the AMC parking lot, right? Yeah, so it's behind the Macy's. So if you go past the the AMC, you yeah. know, coming in from from the Panera Bread side, and then it's down in that 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 far right upper corner. Yeah, so now it's now it's facing people's houses, pretty much. But yeah, yeah. but you know, that's the thing though. That that fair's been going on for years, you know, and now this is the first time you're really hearing about anybody complaining. It one because it's literally in the backyards of people's houses but it's like you know it's only it's only what a week maybe uh, a week 11, and a half 11 they're, they're days gonna, okay so a week and a half they're gonna be there you know what i mean yeah i i don't really see it being real disruptive during the week maybe at maybe at uh you know weeknights you know what i mean but i, I don't think it will i don't know well you have but kids I, right Oh yeah. yeah. What, what, what if what if your kids couldn't go to sleep because they hear screaming from rides and and they hear and they see bright lights shining into their windows? I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that kind of affect how your late, quality of life? How late? How late is this festival open? So it's supposed to close at ten. Well, so the noise ordinance in in Dartmouth is for ten, but from what I could read in the ordinance, that can there can be ex- exceptions for things like special events, like this would be. And so I asked them what time it closed, and the ten, they said ten thirty. And then some of the neighbors said it was probably going a little bit later than that because you know they're probably letting people finish up and they don't turn the lights off right away as as soon as the last person leaves. So they said it's actually going until probably like after eleven p.m. On weeknights. Um, well, so so far they've only had it Thursday, Friday, and Saturday when I talked to them. Yeah, so they're closing up shop on a Thursday night at eleven, almost eleven p.m. Uh, I guess they talked to me about Friday night, but still, I mean, yeah. not every parent that's, says to their kid, "Yeah, you can stay up till eleven o'clock, even if it's Friday." Yeah, that's that's tough. You know what I mean? But it's um, yeah, I I, I guess I could see where you come with you know where, they, where the parents are coming from in that aspect. But I mean, it, it, and here's 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 the thing: is it's one thing to say if this was the only place they could put a carnival, and then you said, "Well, gee, you're going to stand in the way of people being able to have fun and have this carnival." That'd be one thing. The, all the neighbors are saying is, "Just put it where it always was before." In the front of the in the front of the mall, right? They have no problem if yeah. it was over there. Nobody's complaining about it there. They're used to that. The problem is they decide to move it literally right next to their homes because I guess they'd rather not. They'd rather piss off a bunch of neighbors and piss off Aldi. Well, I'm I'm feeling like that that side of that parking lot at the Dartmouth Mall is always vacant. Like there's tons of room. You know what I mean? I I, I go see you know I like like on Saturday night. Uh, last week I went to see a movie. I think it was like eight o'clock at night, and that that parking lot was completely empty. You know what I mean? And during the day it's the same thing. It's empty. You know I don't think it's right in the Macy's parking lot. I think it's in the back, towards the back of that parking lot, right? It is. It's in it's in the very yeah. back corner, so it's right up against their homes. Right, 
right, right, right. So if it was right, be- if it was right I behind could- Macy's, at least they'd have a little bit of space. Maybe some of that exhaust fumes wouldn't blow toward them, and they would have yeah. a little bit of a buffer zone for the noise and the lights. But where it is right now, I mean, if you stand at the right end, up against the wood line. yeah, if you stand right up against the 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 end of um, Norman Street, you are, you, you know, I could I could spit and hit the back of one of the rides. Yeah, right, right. I mean, the only thing I could think of, Tim, is that they, they're using up the vacant part of that parking lot. You know what I mean? Because well, it is true, though. You've you got a lot of businesses that are out front that when that festival was there, it took up a lot of room. You know what I mean? One of the things that oh. I haven't been able to get confirmation on is some of the neighbors said that the, the from their understanding from talking to people in the town, that the agreement on the lease is not with the mall itself, but with but with Macy's, that Macy's actually owns its own property there, and they own the lot behind it, so it's separate from the actual mall, and that Macy's worked out the deal with them, and that Macy's are the ones responsible for putting it there. But again, I, I didn't hear back from the, the mall communication team to know if that's if that's the case. The regular person is on vacation, and the, um, the, 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 the person who would be stepping in and answering those questions hasn't gotten back to me. Yeah. I, like I just, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this, but I don't think they're trying to piss off Aldi or anybody else. You know what I mean? I just think that they, that they're just using their heads and saying, okay, we have a vacant, a vacant, you know, parking lot. Let's put it there instead of disrupting the flow of the traffic and everything through the front. The normal entrance yeah, that everybody I'm, else. Uses. I'm sure that's what happened. I'm sure what happened was they right, put it right. there, not thinking about the fact that there's a neighborhood there. The neighbor's complaint right. is that you know if there had been more of a process to this, we could have spoken up and said this is not a good place to put it. The problem is, is that the the guy just showed up and rammed through his permit application, and right. everything just fell into place very quickly for them. So there was no p- yeah. process for this. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. You know, the way, the way, uh, just, I mean, not to keep you, but the Whaling City Festival, as you mentioned, you know, there's a long process. People know that that's coming. There's a long permitting process. There's plenty of examples and plenty of time, I should say, for people to step in. Yeah. No, I know. I know. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know if that Whaling City Festival, I mean, it's, I don't think it's as popular as it was back when I was growing up, but, um, well, part of it is complaints from the neighbors have limited what they can do over there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, back when I was doing, you know, when I was a kid, there was there was hardly any complaints. I mean, it was great. It was you know they kicked it off with the bonfire for the whalers. You know what I mean? And um, and then it. Oh wait, no. Am I getting that mixed up? I don't know. I never went. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, they got rid of that bonfire though a long time ago. Yeah, um, they're, they're kind of frowning on those overall. Yeah, but no, I I I, hey, I don't know. All right. Okay. I'm going to let you go. Have a good day. Thanks, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. And, and that's, again, that's the neighbor's point here. It's it's that they felt cut out of the process. And also they were reaching out to the town and they weren't getting answers. Now, part of that is they were reaching out to the town, what, on Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night? I mean, it's going to, you know, it's going to take a little while before they can get back to you. That's why, um, you know, Sean McDonald put his responses in that Facebook group so that he could respond to the people uh, because he, as he said, you know, supposedly they were getting emails. He said he checked his emails and he didn't have any emails about it. I asked the police about how many noise complaints they might've gotten. And they said, well, you know, we're always going to get a few, but there's nothing we can do about it because they lease the land and, you know, they, they lease the property from the mall. And as long as, as long as it's not going outside the noise ordinance, there's, there's nothing they can do. 
Uh, I, I didn't see a clear see, see the to me the noise ordinance, and you can read it for yourself. I linked up to it in the story. The noise ordinance wasn't clear to me because it said there can be exempts, exemptions for special events, but it didn't say what those exemptions would allow for. So I actually brought my sound meter with me to um to try to check test the sound when I was over there to see what decibel level it was coming in at. And I was ready to hang out there and wait till, you know, 8 o'clock when it might have gotten busier, but the the rain started coming down harder. So I said, this is not going to be a fair, a fair assessment. So I'm not, I'm not even going to try. And plus, you know, with the rain, I think that falling on the microphone of the sound meter would have kind of um, influenced things. So, and would have given it a bias. So I said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to try. But I brought a sound meter fully intending to try and check the decibel level of it. And as I said, you know, it wasn't overwhelming when I was there, but it was only 6 o'clock, 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. So things weren't really in full swing and it was raining, but I could hear it. I could hear it standing out there and it was, I, I could play the audio of me interviewing the folks and you can hear it behind me. I just don't have it plugged into the computer here. Um, but you can hear that and you can see for yourself that, yeah, no, it was audible and I could see how it even would be audible inside the house even at that time at that noise level. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good, good. I uh, I work at the mall, so I, I know a lot about uh, what's going on. All right. Uh, well, maybe you can give us some insight here. Okay. The reason they put it in the back is because of Aldi's. Aldi's owns part of the parking lot in the front. They had a lot of problems last year with it, so they had to put it in the back. And there's been a lot of problems over there. Okay, with that, with uh, fights, with the inside of the mall, I've seen the mall security running around like crazy in there with these kids. Uh, Macy's is having a problem with the kids going in and destroying things. J.C. Penney, the same uh, thing. I, uh, yeah, I don't know how much more you want to ask me. Well, so if they have all those issues, why are they still holding the carnival on the mall property? Well, the... the they had the 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 carnival. I guess it was set up already. And from what I understand, I've talked to a few people, and I don't think they're going to have it again. Uh, but that's why they moved it from the front to the back. Hmm. And now, uh, like you, like somebody else said, I, from what I understand, Macy's does own that property over there. And the only thing Macy's wanted was, uh, I guess, uh, extra police. For when uh, the people leave Macy's, you know, their employees at night? Yep. They do They do have a command center right outside the carnival of the Dartmouth police. Yeah, they, they put that up on Saturday because of the problems they had on Friday. And then they closed early on Saturday, and they weren't open on Sunday. The carnival closed on Sunday because of the rain? Yep. So, so. So even so, would I don't know if this if, if this is something you would you would have knowledge of, but so if in the future the mall didn't want to have the carnival there, uh, but Macy's still wanted to lease them that spot, does Macy's have the right to do that, or does the mall supersede them and say no, we don't want it here at all? The mall supersedes them. Okay, because the mall does own the property. Macy's leases that property. Okay. From what I understand, so they could. So even if Macy said, "Hey, we we reach a deal with the carnival for next year," the mall could say, "You know, we have the right to cancel that." Exactly. 
All right. Well, exactly. I think, I mean, I, I'd hate to see a problem where, you know, Dartmouth couldn't have a carnival, uh, but certainly having it in that spot is, is, is not, not going to work for those neighbors for next year. And it seems like, at least from what Sean McDonald was saying, you know, it doesn't work for the select board either. No, from what I heard, and I heard about the food, uh, and the reason, yeah, because I, I, I believe the, the, uh, the food, from what I hear, this is only from what I hear in there, I guess it didn't pass, uh, the inspection. And that's why they can't have the food over there, or, or I guess they can't have any drinks over there either. Yeah, they don't have so, anything. No, you can't even get a bag of cotton candy on the way out. Yeah, but while I was leaving one night, I, uh, I mean, it was raining, and even AMC and the mall was closed at that time because I leave later on uh, when I work at the store, and uh, they had the gate closed, and I guess there was a ton of kids in there swearing at the security and uh, the AMC security. Trying to use their bathrooms, which they can't, and they have porta parties out there, you know, at the uh, carnival. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was terrible, you know. I mean, it, it was a lot of people were leaving the mall on Saturday because of the kids were running rampage. Yeah, know, I rampage. mean, so if I if I remember right, you know, the the, the theater stays open later than the than the mall itself, and the yes. theater has its own bathrooms. But you could also walk right past that to go to the mall bathrooms. But if the mall is closed, mm-hmm. you don't have access to it. Right, you don't. There's a gate that goes up over there, and the gate locks. You cannot go into the bathrooms at the mall. So, so yeah, so so again, you're right though. They they had plenty of porta potties set up outside that they they had access to facilities. Right, right, yeah. From what I hear, you know. So. All right. Well, I thank you for the information. Well, thanks for talking to me, Tim. Have, have a good have day. A great day. Take it All easy. Right, and uh, we will take more of your calls on this, 508-996-0500. More of your app chat messages. We'll also uh, talk about this big Boston Globe story about New Bedford uh, filing a complaint. Uh, what's, uh, so it's not a lawsuit yet, but it could develop into one against the MBTA for the property that it took via eminent domain for the MBTA station. And the fact that it did not, you know, Mayor Mitchell talked with me about this previously that, you know, to keep an eye on what was going on there because they were already at odds with him over the price of what they were giving them for that land, what they're, the price of what they're giving the city for that land. So uh, we can talk more about that as well. I'm hoping I reached out to the mayor's office. I'm hoping maybe he can pop on for a few moments and talk to us about it if he's able to talk about it because we don't have him on this Wednesday because of the state of the city address. Um, maybe we can get him on for a few moments to talk about it if he's available and if he's able to speak about it. So uh, I know that they, they declined to comment to the Globe, but I'm hoping that maybe um, – Maybe there's some things they can at least inform you about. But i got to take a break. We'll be back in a few. And uh, we will get back to your phone calls in just a moment at 508-996-0500. If we don't get them all in in this hour, we'll carry it over, of course, uh, right at the top of the second hour after the news. But, uh, you know, speaking of Dartmouth, it's one of my favorite places to head out when I'm looking for something to eat because there's a lot of great places to eat there. But when it comes to breakfast, you know where you need to go. Just another Phoenix restaurant. It's right over on Fawn's Corner Road, so you don't have to worry about the carnival being too close. Not that the carnival's open now. I'm just teasing. But you can get right over there. It's nice and easy to get to. Super easy. Plenty of parking. And you can spend some time, have a relaxing breakfast, enjoy some of their great food, all of their great breakfast staples, but also some of their great specials as well. And you can also get their food to go. And I was, of course, you can get food to go at any restaurant, right? Except at just another Phoenix. You don't even have to get out of the car because you can pull up to their drive through window and get your whole order to go. So you can get all of their delicious omelets, their cheese rolls, their pancakes and French toast, all of that, plus 
all of their great daily specials as well. You can get it all right through the drive through window. So just give them a call, tell them what you'd like, and then you can go there and pick it up. Nice and easy, couldn't be easier. And then you can go and enjoy it at home, at the office, wherever it is that you're going to be having your breakfast. But if you are going to spend some time there and hang out, I recommend sitting at the counter. And then you can talk to the cook and watch them as they're making your food. It's amazing to watch how they just, it's like second nature. They just put it all together while they're having a conversation with you. It's uh, it's amazing to watch. So check that out if you go there and you have some time. You're going to have a great experience no matter what you do at Just Another Phoenix. Again, located on Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth. i got to take one final break for the hour. If we can squeeze in some calls, we will. If not, we will get to you as soon as we come back from the news. All right. Welcome back in. Caller, I have about a minute before the news. you want to use that minute or do you want to hang on? Hello. Okay. Once, twice. Okay. Well, callers, the rest of you hang on. Uh, when we come back, we will go right to you, I promise. We will uh, take a break for the news. We will get all of the national and international headlines with ABC News. And then Kate Robinson will update you on everything going on around the South Coast in the WBSM newsroom, including that lawsuit, well, the potential lawsuit. Uh, the city of New Bedford is uh, going to file against the MBTA regarding its taking of land through eminent domain and what's interesting about this is this might actually hold up south coast rail so we can talk more about that as we as we go along in the morning and of course we'll talk more about it with jack spillane in the 11 o'clock hour when we'll be turning on the light we can also talk more about this dartmouth carnival situation if you have thoughts on that you can check out the story at wbsm.com and on the app and you can see for yourself just how close that carnival is to some of these homes and here